Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. your host, Dr. Jim McKenzie with the Master Key. On this Saturday noon, I pray that your day has found you in the favor of the Lord. Therefore, you are extending God's favor towards the day. This show is called the Master Key. Keys have power to unlock. So therefore, I believe you and I is a living, walking, breathing key. Of course, God uses people to unlock us so we can become keys to unlock others. That is the divine order of God. God made man in his image and in his likeness to have dominion of the fish of the sea, to follow the end over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. If we look at it from that perspective, that means then you and I are the key that unlocks God's creation. The destiny of God's creation. It's fascinating. The scripture let us know in the book of Romans, chapter 8, also. It talks about the things that you and I go through, they're, they're considered light afflictions. And they work it for us a more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that is seen, but we look at the things that is not seen. That scripture right there has always fascinated me. I love it because uh, if you look at it, the power is in what you don't see. How can you look at something that you don't see? And uh, we will hear that scripture, we will quote that scripture, but how do I appropriate that scripture uh, in this realm? According to that, then, that means the things that you and I have the ability to see is inferior to what we do not see. Because think about it. The scripture says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. And uh, uh, what I really want to focus on that particular verse was it talks about the whole creation groaneth and travails in pain until now, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, seems like that's a very important uh, uh, scripture. Then that means if creation is not liberated or experiencing liberation. Is it because the sons themselves have not manifested? Can I be a son but not a manifested son? If I want to look at it from that particular uh, verse of Scripture. Is it possible that a person can be something but yet have not manifested as the thing that... Uh, they say they are, or what the Word of God says they are. 
So the key or the power to the manifestation and demonstration of uh, the liberation of humanity or God's creation, according to that particular verse of Scripture, is manifested sons. Now, notice also what that scripture also says, I think in the same chapter, Romans 8. It says, for as many uh, as they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, once again, that scripture said we're sons based on our ability to be led. One of the problems has always been I almost always been uh, uh, in Christendom today is the focus, the focus on the what the Scripture says about us. There it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We focus on a positional principle and not an actual principle. And you say, what do you mean by positional Scripture uh, principle? Another actual principle. We are satisfied uh, with what the Word of God says we are because of the faith message. And I love faith, uh, uh, talking about faith, sharing faith. Because uh, to me, faith is one of the most powerful uh, principles that you and I can not just learn but experience. It's one of the most powerful principles that you and I ever can experience because, think about it, faith is what pleases him. So without it, it's impossible for me to please him. So that's why, that's why I love faith. and not Well, I can't say that's why I love faith. But the things that God has allowed me to experience uh, uh, as a younger man has prepared me uh uh, for my time now, for uh, being a husband, a father, being a preacher, a businessman, whatever case, uh, whatever it, it may be, it has prepared me. So, uh, uh, where Scripture goes on is talking about the liberation. Now, this have everything to do with the supernatural, everything to do with prayer. Because think about it, what you cannot see, while we're looking at the things that. We cannot see. While we look not at the things that are seen, there it is. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that is not seen, then how can I, how can you look at what is not seen? It's impossible my spiritual eyes is not open. It's impossible if my spiritual man is not open. Well, I, I, let me take that back because I believe there's a progression. Well, this is how you, you look at it. The Word of God is 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 God and breathe. Now, this is what I personally believe. Do not uh, uh, take this and, and and make this something that you can use as ammunition to come against what your pastor teach. We're not in that business of dividing the body. We're not in the business of uh, trying to uh, separate people. We, we get in arguments over the word of God and scriptures and stuff. It's, it's a revelation of how immature we are. 
But nevertheless, I, I believe that the word of God is powerful. It is God in breathe. It is the voice of God that has been contained on paper. But the power is, we, we, I think we focus on so much on the word of God and not the one that spoke, the one that speaks, the voice of the Lord. The word of the Lord has been released out of the mouth of God. We focus more on the written word and not the God that spoke the word. That's going back to uh, uh, sharing a principle with a young man uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, uh, principles of uh, laws, the law of cause and effect. And uh, I said, the problem with us, we're so natural and we're so carnal. And the revelation that we are more natural and carnal because we go after the effect of a thing. Without stopping and tracing the effect back to its source, and because I asked him a question, what is what is the what is more important, the cause or the effect? And they thought about it. They had two young men with me. They thought about it, and uh, one said cause, one said effect. But the the truth of the matter, the strength, the power, the authority. The true reality is the cause of a thing. I said, we don't stop and think. We just deal with things, and we deal with the effect of a thing. Or we may look at, uh, like uh, people may look at my life and see what God has graced me to uh, uh, receive and accomplish. How we say accomplish, but to receive from the Lord. And they marvel over that. So they marvel over the cause. So they can never apprehend him who is, uh, I said cause, excuse me, effect. They marvel over the effect because they're, they're so focused on the manifestation, so, so focused on the effect that they're not able to go after the cause because they value the effect. The effect can change at the blow of a wind of the wind. You can lose everything that the cause brought into manifestation. You can lose all of the effect, but if you have uh, have relationship with the cause, it'll always come back. So when we are more spiritual then we seek to apprehend the cause, not the effect. And that's what the children of Israel went after in, uh, uh, in the wilderness. They, they, they hungered for the effect. They didn't really have a passion for the cause. God is the cause or was the cause in their day of they're everything. The uh, uh, sun at night, cloud by day. So we can get so caught up over the cloud. We get caught up over the sun uh, at night, keeping us warm. And, and never the cloud nor the sun 
has caused such an effect on us to seek after the cause, to fall in love with the cause, the invisible that created the visible, the cause God who created the cloud by day, God who created the fire by night, the fire by night keep them warm, that's done. The fire, the God who calls, the invisible God that calls manna to fall five days, six days a week. God. And that is the problem. And so God, what God does, he tests our heart many times by touching the effect. If the effect has been touched, and you still can worship God and praise God, then God knows that you have come to the place, and you will know that you come to the place that the cause has become more important than the effect, which is God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, if I'm not mistaken, by faith we understand that the world's was framed by the word of God. So then things that are seen was made out of things which do not appear. The things that are seen is the effect. The things that do not appear is the cause. Then what is the cause of, of the world's being framed? The word of God. The word of God. Can you see words? Absolutely not. You can't see yours. You can't see mine. Then notice what it says is you know, our words are so powerful. So therefore we see that the creative worlds was framed by the invisible, the cause. The cause. Do you live in a house right now? Do you drive a car right now? Do you have clothes on right now? Everything visible is the effect of some kind of cause. Of some kind of cause. You went to work. And you got a paycheck, cause and effect. You gave them something, the effect was a paycheck. Are, are, are you getting this? But what we were focused on, the paycheck. The paycheck helps you to forget about all the work you did all the week, all the past two weeks, cause and effect. Cause and effect. Everything works that way. You sow a seed into the ground, what's the effect? A harvest. People focus on the harvest, but not the cause of the harvest. What's the cause of the harvest? The seed that was sown into the ground. The ground brought up what you sow into it. Cause and effect. The earth is neutral. If you put nothing in it, it cannot bring anything out. But if you put something in it, it'll bring something out. Cause and effect. Oh, we call it the law of sowing and reaping. Everything in this realm, works on that principle. God created it to work on that principle. Nothing happens just to happen. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Now, this is where people get frustrated at uh, when they pray and they intercede, they war and they battle. Cause and effect. Now, watch this right here. Now, what about us? That has, is born again. Cause and effect. There should be some kind of effect as a result of my salvation. 
by me receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, there should be an effect. Should be the effect. But if there's not any effect, then I have to ask myself a question. Was there ever a cause? Was there ever a cause? Just like the principle of sowing and reaping. If you sow a seed into the ground, the ground is going to bring it back up. Especially if you do the right, what it's supposed to do. If you water it, we, we, we know you got to do, uh, we're not talking about cultivation and all that, just the principle. Sowing, reaping, a cause and effect. Same principle. If I'm born again, I receive something, there should be an effect of something. If the earth receives a seed, it brings forth a crop. If I receive Jesus, I should manifest Jesus. Then what is the evidence of me receiving? It should be an effect. Seed, crop. Now let's look at it from the principle of prayer, intercession, and warfare. Uh, dealing with uh, the forces of darkness, dealing with, well, let, let's go to the fundamentals. But I think the reason prayer don't work many times is because we don't have the fundamentals now. Uh, I, I read a scripture uh, on Wednesday night, and I have a Bible study, and I met with a couple of men this morning, and uh, I was asking them some uh uh, some principles. Uh, well, I gave them some questions. I, I want to hear some principles from them based on relationship. Listen to this, if you will, this particular passage of Scripture found in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 7 and 8. None of us live to himself. And I, and, and, and I asked them, what do this mean? What, what does it mean, uh, none of us live to himself? And, and these guys are young in the Lord. Had a, they had a good natural question, and um, I wanted to help them to see it from God's perspective. Everything is about relationship. Uh, you are who you are because somebody has uh, uh, affected your life. The problem is that we, some majority of people just have the wrong people influencing their life because think about it. If you, uh, there's an old saying, uh, how that scripture go, uh, not scripture, uh, uh, it's a saying. Association brings about assimilation. Isn't it amazing it's supposed to, but is is it isn't fascinating that we can see that other people have a greater level of influence in other people's lives than you do, and you've been legally called to them. Like many times, other children have more more of an effect on your children's life than you as a parent. Uh, uh, other people have more of an effect on the congregation more than the pastor. So association is supposed to bring about assimilation. Uh, uh, the snake, the serpent, had more of an influence on Eve's life than her husband and God. Association bring about assimilation. Now, that is not a biblical scripture, but it's a biblical principle. It is a biblical principle. And uh, uh, if uh, you are... You think a certain way, you operate a certain way, and the people that's connected to you and around you doesn't operate that way, then somebody else have a greater level of influence on their life. And whoever have a greater level of influence on their life means they have uh, uh, more of an affection of that person's heart than you do. See, we lie to ourselves. 
is amazing. I think we love to be lied to and love to be tricked. And we will say the very opposite, but, but the, here's the cause and effect again, but the effect reveals uh, your cause. Your, 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 your effect reveals. See, life is not difficult. We make it difficult. We make it difficult. Notice what it says here. None of us live to ourselves but to the Lord. None of us live to ourselves but to the Lord. None of us live to ourselves but to the Lord. And none of us dies to himself but to the Lord. If, for if we live, if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. So I ask the young men this question. Uh, 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 what does this mean to you? And, you know, they say, you know, um, different ones say different things. Uh, you know, uh, I meet with these guys. On, I've been meeting these guys for status for a couple of weeks now, a few weeks now. And uh, I'm trying something, experimenting uh, with, with some, some guys that just came to the church versus people that's been here for a while. I'm experimenting. They don't know I'm experimenting. They listen to the broadcast today. They know I'm experimenting. And uh, they were saying about, you know, um, about being around me and, and, and being around my, my armor bearer. They go to my armor bearer's life group. And uh, we should be able to do some things like this. And then I said, what, what's the purpose of this relationship? Well, you know, the purpose of this relationship is uh, for uh, us to learn God, and, you know, be everything that God called us to be, blah, blah, blah. I said, what do I get out of the relationship? And then one particular person said, well, you get out of the relationship. Your reward comes from God. Because they hear me say that from time to time. Your reward comes from God. That means you're doing what God told, told you to do. I said, well, they look at it this way. One of the young men had just got off from work. They worked midnight shift. And I said, so um, you're a Christian, you're a believer, you work on this job, and uh, 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 you expect your paychecks. You get paid every, uh, once a week, every two weeks, every two weeks. I said, when two weeks is up, you're expecting something. And uh, what if they say, well, you're a Christian, have faith. You're going to think something wrong with you. Uh, yeah, I'm a Christian, have faith. He said, yeah, you're doing what you're supposed to do, what God created you to do. God gave you the ability, gave you some skills, so therefore you're giving that skill and ability to me. So then why are you looking for a paycheck? You're going to think something wrong. So when we begin to understand relationship, ladies and gentlemen, relationship, everybody brings something to, to, uh, to, to, to the table, just like the law calls in effect. The earth is there, uh, and the relationship between the earth and the seed that is sown into the earth uh, will cause an effect. It's going to bring something, the earth is going to bring something into existence that was not in existence before. But as a re result of the relationship of the seed and the earth coming together, it is producing something. It is bringing something from the seed, uh, uh, from, uh, 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 producing uh, something from the seed in a form that the seed was not in. But the key is the seed had to die in order for that to come forth. Are you getting this? So they said, what I'm supposed to do, I'm not reward come from the Lord. And I said, that's good. That's good. I said, uh, everything is about relationship and mutuality. 
everybody brings something to the table. They had to help them to see from a practical perspective. Jesus entered into relationship with 12 men. So what was the purpose of, uh, of what Jesus was looking for out of these men? I mean, God is looking for something. I said, why did God save you? Well, God saved me so, you know, I can uh, 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 not go to hell. God saved me because he loved me. Yeah, that's true, too. But he's looking for something. He wants something. I said, share with them. I said, notice now. Jesus didn't enter the relationship with these guys. Just enter relationship with these guys. He wanted something. He wanted something. What did he want? He wanted them to help him fulfill his vision, which is the vision of God. What's the vision of Jesus? The vision of God. It's restoration of mankind. It's reconciliation of humanity. He didn't save you just to save you not to go to hell. He didn't save you just because he loved you. Well, that's a part of it. I said, but you got to understand, people, if that's the case, nobody would be in hell right now. People wouldn't be dying right now. He was dying every day and going to hell every day. He loved them. I said, so you got to understand something. He, he saved you to be a part of his plan, to help him fulfill his goal. So, therefore, if uh, God is bringing a relationship with me, then the, relate, the goal is for me to help you be the man, and the, the man of God that God called you to be so you can help me and help God fulfill his goal. Which is what? Restoration of humanity, reconciliation of man mankind, the Great Commission. All of this is a part of that, ladies and gentlemen. And even you all that is, have joined me on this radio broadcast, um, the purpose of this broadcast is to help you be all that God has ordained upon and anointing you to be. For what reason? For the restoration of humanity, the reconciliation of uh, humanity. But we can't do it if I'm struggling with who I am. Are we getting this? So going back to a relationship, there's a purpose. So these guys said Jesus called 12 men to himself, gave them authority and power to do what he did. I said, but notice he didn't give them authority and power until they committed to him. Until they committed to him. People's not going to promote you on your job until they see a, a level of measure commitment to them. You ever notice that? 90 days. Probation. Three months. Basically, the world say in three months I know what kind of person you are. In three months I know what I can do with you and I can't do with you in three months. In three months I'm going to come back and reevaluate re re you and then I'll let you know if we're going to keep you or we're going to find somebody else. Three months to evaluate. Let me ask you a question. When God asked um, um, Abraham for his son, to give me your son, Isaac, the only, your only son, whom you love, was that a form of evaluation to see what he can do with Abraham, to, to see if he's going to go ahead and carry out what he promised Abraham? Yes, it was. Every test, every trial of our faith is a season of evaluation. It's a time of evaluation to let you, and see, think about it. And the, re, the, 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 uh, 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 the revaluation, is, I'm saying that revaluation. Re <laughs> uh, the revaluation is designed for both of y'all sitting down, both of y'all sitting in front of each other, 
and both of you all is is, is the, the, the the supervisor is letting you know what they see. Do you agree with me? This is giving you a chance to say, well, I don't see it that way. Even God said, come, let us reason together. I don't see it that way. Okay, tell me how you do you see it. Well, I see A, B, C, D, F, G. So then the supervisor keeping a chart and a track on you, but you don't realize it, and say, well, according to this stage, blah, 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 this happened, this happened, this happened, whatever the case may be, you're great in this area, great in this area, great in this area, but you, you really need to come up in this particular area. And the purpose of that is for you to maximize. For you to maximize. You say, preacher, this is this is this is Saturday. This have everything to do with prayer, intercession, warfare, and supernatural. Have everything to do with what I'm talking about. Have everything to do with what I'm talking about. Every single thing. So therefore, and that's one of the reasons why we we uh, 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 get in trouble from this perspective. We put faith in people without evaluating people. God don't even do that. The Bible talks about not putting a novice in the position of authority. At least they'd be overtaken, uh, come, come into the condemnation of Satan and, 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 and make shipwreck of their life and cause shipwreck of others. So therefore, not just a novice, uh, somebody that is 13, 15 years old, it's not talking about that. You can, you can be 50 years old and a novice. Have nothing to do with chronological age. It has everything to do with internal development. Am I internally developed? Am I easily offended? Do I walk in unforgiveness? See, these kinds of things. Am I easily stirred and angered? Where I, it, I lose this, my composure, and I don't want to have anything to do with absolutely nobody, God and nobody else. All of these particular things. Because if you don't if you and I don't get these things down to wheel in the realm of the spirit and start trying binding demons, casting out forces of darkness, it's not gonna happen. You want to know why? Because I'm really not sold out. I don't understand my purpose of the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't understand that I don't belong to me. Now look what the scripture says here. See, see, sometimes uh, the word of God is so practical, but yet we, we we try to make it so deep. And but am I doing this? None of us lives to himself, but to the Lord. None of us lives to himself, but to the Lord. None of us lives to himself, but to the Lord. What? None of us live to ourselves. I'm, okay, I gave them a practical example. This morning, when you woke up, you don't belong to you. I don't belong to me. So if I don't belong to me and I belong to him, then wouldn't the most practical thing be, okay, what is your agenda for today? What is, what is your agenda for today? When you, those of you that went to work yesterday and, and, and uh, uh, last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, some of you all on your jobs, huh, you kind of know what you got to do that week. A young man at the table this morning, uh, uh, he works in security. He already know uh, what his duties are. He already know what his responsibilities are. He worked overtime on the weekend, and they sent him different places. They, 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 will, they will text him or what they want him to do, and he'll have it. 
So he go to that particular place and do what he need to do. So but, but he's doing it for that company. He's not doing it for himself. He's not living unto himself. For 12 to actually were 8 hours to 12 hours. For 12 hours, he is the property of that company. But you are not the property of the Lord Jesus Christ. For 24-7, we are God's property. What is on your agenda? And that man, for 12 hours, is executing the responsibilities that's been allotted him for the company that hired him. None of us live to ourselves, because none of us belong to ourselves. But all of us, the majority of all of us have, as Christians, live unto ourselves, but yet say that we belong to him. But we live living unto ourselves. We have to make it practical. Therefore, let me ask you this question here. Those of you that is married on this line and those that belong to a church on this line, none of us live to ourselves. So that means then if you don't live to yourself, that means uh, you was led by the Lord and you married that woman uh, for him and not for you. That means the children that you assign, you child those children for him and not for you. Because remember, we don't live unto ourselves. When you pray, you don't pray your will, you pray his will in the earth realm. Because I don't belong to myself and you don't live for yourself and I don't live for myself, we belong to the Lord. See, we got to make this thing real. When you do spiritual warfare, you battling for him or you battling for you? You battling for him or you battling for you? Here's another, here's another practical example, ladies and how this thing works. A young man uh, 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 has started mentoring, has started mentoring, and uh, haven't been here a year, to church a year. Uh, one of the things he shared with him about uh, 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 executing the heart of the mind of God, the goal is getting them into a relationship with God. <clears throat> and uh, uh, sat down with him, him and a, gr- a group of young men, taken through the process and got to the tide part. Money is the thing that will destroy your relationship with God. So I talked to him about tithing. I said, I have not missed tithing. My wife and I, since we've been saved, been saved over 30-some years, I said, we give God what belongs to him. See, the thing has to do with money. Money is the, is, is the thing. I love it. I love it because it exposes us. And I said, uh, 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 paying the tithes, he knew about tithes because he was uh, basically raised him in church all of his life. <laughs> and so... I was coming, uh, I went to a meeting, had uh, left around town to a meeting, and uh, two meetings, uh, but it was in the state of Florida. And on my way back, God dropped a young man in my spirit. I had not spoken to him in a while. Called him about what's going on, told me he was a little frustrated about some things. Uh, 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 there's an entrepreneurship grace that is on my life, so it's upon our church. You know, people, it's kind of business-oriented. And so he, he had started a business, which I didn't know he had started a, a certain business. He got a, got a regular job, but he started a business on the side. And uh, some things did not work out with this particular business. Then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God, because this is my second time talking to him about tithes. I said, are you paying your tithes? No, sir. I said, that's it. I said, that's it. I said, uh, I'm not going to be in no tug of war with you. I said, um, go ahead and do what you, you, you need to do. I said, force me mentoring you. That's it. I said, don't even come back to leadership training. 
I said, no, no leadership. Don't even go come at leadership training. See, I don't have time to waste time. If I, I, I can help you, if you want help. If you want help, I can help you. And after I don't share my life with you, my testimony with you, the things I've gone through, the things I've been in, he don't have to. He don't have to read a book. All you got to do is just submit to what I say. And I'm not going to tell him to do. I would never tell him to do anything that God ain't told me to do. I can't take him where I have not been. This is where trust comes in at. So, but all he got to do is look at the effect, the effect of the cause. So he, see, he, he can't see God, but he can see the effect of my relationship with the Lord. So I should have, I said, that's it. So, uh, um, uh, I was going somewhere with this this principle here. Um, uh, oh, belonging to the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So uh, I was showing him some things here. I said, um, you know what your problem is? Uh, talk with another day. I said, you know what your problem is? He said, what? I said, you got too many influences in your life. I said, that's why your relationship with me would never work. He have good, very good parents. Parents, matter of fact, is in leadership training in my ch- uh, church. Parents, they really love him. Uh, really love him. Father is a, a businessman, successful businessman. Love him. He he have such a a great zeal to, to be successful because his granddad is successful. Dad is successful. So he's got a great zeal. And see, the problem is this right here. They became successful in the natural. I became successful in the spiritual, which produced my natural. Two different things. And I said, I said, would it appear like he, he said, it's uh, possibly like it's a struggle. You know, you know, the Bible says, honor your mother and your father. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, the Bible says, and then, you know, you my spiritual leader. I said, I never come between you and your parents. I said, you have to make a choice. I said, you have to make a, church, a choice. I said, what do you mean? I said, give me an example. He told me some things his dad, daddy shared with him, some excellent principles. I said, that's excellent. I said, that's good. I said, I said, what your daddy shared with you, why do you think your daddy shared with you, you, with you what he said? I said, because he only can share with you what he know. And he know the natural. I said, now, your daddy shared with you one way. I share with you another way. Now, your daddy is successful naturally. I'm successful naturally as well as spiritual. So what your daddy sharing with you, is it wrong? No. What I'm sharing with you, is it wrong? No. I said, but watch this right here. What you don't know that I know that your daddy shared with me, your daddy hunger for the spiritual that I have. He got this natural, but he hunger for the spiritual that I have. I have the natural like your daddy have, but I value the spiritual that got me the natural. Obeying God. I said, I'm, I'm going somewhere this, ladies and gentlemen, going to help you understand something. I said, you know what the best thing for every, to me, every young man, every woman, and uh, paraphrase how I said it. I said, I personally believe that every young man and every woman, a young man and woman, need to go to the military. Need to go to the military. I said, think about it. I said, you always run into your daddy and your mama, I uh, said, talking to them. And are they calling you up? Ba 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 ba. I said now, 
if you was in the military, would they have access to you? No. That's the problem. You got too many, too many influences in your life. Look at the men that got raised up. Look at David. Left his family running from Saul. They eventually caught up with him and joined him. Look at Moses, wilderness. Look at Abraham. Get thee from that country that falls out. Look at look at God had to separate these people from all every every and any kind of influence that was gonna be greater than him. See, God don't have time to be wrestling with you. That's what the Bible says, if any man gonna come out to me later and deny himself, take his cross and follow me. He said, you cannot be my disciple. You don't hate your mama, daddy, brother, sister, nephew, niece, uncle, and that, and even yourself, if you want to be my disciple. So, so, so I left that alone. Still talk with the young man, but I ain't wrestling with nobody. I am not going to fight you to give you what, you, what <laughs> to give you what you need. God don't fight me to give me what I need. God is not going to fight you to give you what you need. You have to make a choice, and making choices, ladies and gentlemen. Is 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 uh, 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 dividing a line, dividing asunder something. Because to to make a choice, to be resolute about something, that means you got to give up something else. If you're going to go to the military, if you want to be, soon as you sign your uh, signature, you can't. Oh, I made a mistake. It's too late. Uncle Sam said, "You my property." But but my daddy, my I'm your daddy, and I'm your mama. That's what Uncle Sam says. After you sign your hand, you're, you're sticking, on, the, you're sticking on, that, uh, on that application. He says, for whatever time you signed up for, if it's three years, two years, whatever it is, I don't know the time frame because I've never been in the military. He said, you belong to me for three years. You're going to do what I say. You're going to get up. This is how I want you to make your bed. This is how you to shave, or this is how you to, 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 to clean the restrooms up. This is how I want it done. So it's a work ethic of respect to value relationship. That if a person goes into the military with the right mindset, right heart, they can become a valuable asset to society. If they take the principles that the military would teach them, shape into them, that's how God operate, have always operated. That is a form of discipleship and mentorship. And I said, but I'm not going to be in no argument with you, trying to help you. I'm, a, I'm trying to, uh, 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 you won't obey me. It ain't me you obey, and it's the God in, that's been developed in me that you obey. So all of this have everything to do with cause and effect, ladies and gentlemen. Sowing and reaping. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about life. So therefore, uh, when it comes down to the things of the Spirit, and I'm sure how we want to get it. We want to get it through prayer. We want to get it through fasting. We want to get it through reading our Bible. All of that is great, good, and wonderful because I, I do all those things. But those are nothing but means to an end. What's the end? Christ. It's like I shared these young men I had breakfast with this morning. I said, the, <laughs> you all got to understand, you all been in a relationship with me, having to do with me? I said, the goal is to get you to, to Jesus. I said, the goal is to get you to the invisible. But if you cannot be loyal and faithful to the visible, 
then you will never be loyal and faithful to the invisible. That's how it worked. Elijah was loyal and faithful to the visible Elijah, who was loyal and faithful to the invisible God. God was more real to Elijah. Elijah was committed to God. Elijah was dedicated to God. So God said, go throw your mantle upon Elisha and anoint him in your stead. And he left him and served Elisha. Other words, Elisha became dedicated and loyal to the visible, preparing him to be loyal and dedicated to the invisible. If he wasn't loyal and faithful to Elijah, he would have never been loyal and faithful to God. This is the how biblical. This is the biblical pattern of uh, relationships in the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it works. We want to sit in the classroom. We want to go to a church service. We have caused the spirituality to plunder so deep. Because uh, we have lost the, the art and the structure of biblical relationships, or the development of biblical relationships. We want to go to a seminary. We want to sit and uh, go to a, a, a church where a man of God, woman of God, is a great Bible teacher, but we don't want to submit to them. We like their teaching. We like their preaching, but we don't like them. And we will follow them until they correct us and rebuke us. We're something else, and we're weak, feeble leaders in the body. Not all of us, but that's what we have, because the majority of us have an unbiblical pattern. How many leaders, think about this, Jim, how many of us leaders that is in position of authority in the body of Christ right now, we're self-appointed. We got so many self-appointed. I don't know where the Lord is going this way this, today. A lot of us are self-appointed. He said, what do you mean self-appointed? How many of us has really, really, really been elevated by the Spirit of God? We've been elevated by the Spirit of God because our elevation came as a result of our obedience. We submitted and served someone that God had assigned to us with a, out of a pure heart, pure motive. And what I mean by a pure heart and a pure motive, ladies and gentlemen, there was no personal gain that I was looking for. I served this person for their success. Brother, I gained it uh, some or nothing. I understood that my job is here to serve. And what you don't understand is this right here. It's impossible for you to serve someone without you creating your own future. All of this is preparation to do spiritual warfare. Because think about it. It is spiritual warfare. It is what? Spiritual warfare. That means, ladies and gentlemen, I got to fight to keep myself in relationship with the, with the assigned natural, the natural man or the natural woman that God assigned me to serve, I got to fight with everything in me to obey God to this, with this man, with this woman. I got to obey God. And what's happening, God, you will be tested tonight. 
My goodness, I don't know why the Lord's going this route today. Uh, but anyway, I got to fight with everything in my might to hang in there because it has nothing to do with the man that I'm serving. It has nothing to do with the woman that I'm serving. It has everything to do with the God that called me to serve them. And that's where you miss it at. You say, but you know, they was hard on me. They said this to me. Da, 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 da. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it. Did not God know that before the foundation of the world? Yet you will say he's sovereign. You will say he's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You, you'll see all these wonderful things. But he had to put you in another situation to see if you really believe those things. So, so God knew your boss was going to curse you out on your job. God knew your supervisor don't like you. But did he gave, give you the job? He gave you a job with a supervisor that's not going to like you. But why would God do something like this? To develop your character. Because God is not concerned about your boss cursing you out. He's really not. You say he's not. No, he's not. But what is he concerned with? Jesus being developed. You and I being like Jesus. So he, he's, that's what he's concerned about. He's concerned about the end result. So he'll put you and I in any kind of situation. He will, he's looking for the end result. Christ being formed in us. So now you and I, when we open up our mouth, and say, I bind you, Satan. Satan is bound. I cast you out. They are cast out. And, and, and watch your They are cast out. Without any satanic backlash, because them devils ain't gonna want to come to you when they see Jesus in you. They ain't gonna want to try to come to you and 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 uh, 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 enter into you. No, they see God in you, but they will try to manipulate you and deceive you to get you to turn from God. That's how them demons work. Christ in you, so you can speak to a storm, and the storm will obey you. Because you understand, you have come to the place now. It's a reality. You live for the Lord. Your life is Christ. You belong to him. You don't do what you want to do in the military. You don't do what you want to do on your job outside of your sphere of authority. If you worked in the hospital, I used to work in the hospital. If you worked in the hospital, there's so many different departments in the hospital. Because you work at the hospital, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do in the hospital. If you work in the surgery department, your sphere of influence and authority is in the surgical department. If you work in the chemistry department, your sphere of influence and authority is in the chemistry department. Somebody said, where do you work? Oh, I work at uh, Miami Day Hospital. Oh, you work at Miami Dade Hospital. So that's broad. Miami Dade hired you to work in a specific field, and your authority is only in that field. And they go, and it's even uh, broken down even less than that. Okay, in that area. Okay, you work in the surgery department. Are you a surgeon? Well, no, I'm not a surgeon. Are you orderly? I'm not orderly. Uh, what are you? I'm a janitor in the surgery department, or I'm um, uh, a doctor's assistant, a surgeon assistant in the surgery department. See, even fine tune. So, say I work for Miami Dade Hospital, it's broad, but what is my assignment in Miami Dade? I'm like a needle in a haystack in this hospital that had uh, uh, employs thousands. 
thousands, and everybody need to do their part to make the hospital run efficiently. It's the same thing, ladies and gentlemen, in the body of Christ. It's the same thing in the church. See, we're in the army, and what I'm talking about is training. Training. This is how God trains us. Trains us to reign. Trains us to rule. Train us to exercise authority over every work of darkness. That when you and I stand up, I belong to the Lord. I don't do warfare for E.J. McKenzie. I do warfare for the Lord because I, I belong to the Lord. I don't do warfare on the behalf of Kathy and Ebony and ecstasy and Imani. I do it on the behalf of the Lord. I battle for them for the Lord. So if you lie to me, if you uh, uh, curse me out, if you assassinate my character, God would allow that to happen to see where you still battle for the one that curse you out for the Lord. God give you an assignment to say prophesy. That don't happen to me many times. People that have done me wrong, people that, that because of my gifting, I'm able to pick things up, and God will turn around and give me a, a, a speak prophetically through me and give them a blessed word. The very ones that was talking about me last night. Because you don't live for yourself. You don't die for yourself. You live and you die for the Lord. You live and you die for who? The Lord. You live and die for the Lord because we belong to the Lord. Until this become a reality of the church, there will not be a great move of God in the earth realm. There will not be a great progression of the advancement of the kingdom of God in the earth until men and women understand that you belong to the Lord. See, the problem with us, we go to the church that we like. We don't go to the church that God assigned us to. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't the, green, the grass always seem greener on the other side of the fence? That's with everything. When the husband and wife get in an argument, it seems like that woman, that woman down the street, your next-door neighbor, says she's a better wife than your wife. So the woman that works on the job, it's a better woman. That man that we're here, he's a better man than your husband. But y'all don't, they don't, y'all don't live together. If y'all live together, you'll probably be saying the same thing about your husband that lives next door than the man that you, you're living with. It always seems better. It has nothing to do with what seems better. It has everything to do with your assignment, who God assigned you to. And you do it as unto the Lord. When I have sinned against God with my wife is when I got my eyes off for God and put my eyes on her. I stopped living unto the Lord. I started living unto her. And any time you start living unto somebody, a human being, they, they can end up becoming an idol in your heart. And you will, you, will, you will stop and you will go based on what they do. If they move and act favorable towards you, you will move and act favorable towards them. Because uh, everything you do is dictated based on what they do because you live for them and you live for yourself, but you don't live for the Lord. So when you live for the Lord, it doesn't matter what they do, what they say. You do it as unto the Lord and not unto men because you understand that your reward comes from the Lord. Your reward comes from who? The Lord. When you do spiritual warfare, God signed you to do spiritual warfare. You do spiritual warfare for the Lord. You, you, you commit it to him to get it up. At certain times of the morning, a day, a night, or whatever the case may be, whatever he have assigned to you, you do it as unto the Lord. When you do it as unto the Lord, God said, I want you to do noonday prayer. But somebody comes to you, came to you last night and said, listen, let's go to the movies tomorrow at 12 o'clock. 
See, if you really understood you belong to the Lord, you could never make a commitment to 12 because you know God has told you to pray at 12. So you live unto the Lord. So you know that can't be God because I got to cancel that. Now, God is not going to fuss with you. God's not going to fight with you. And God's not going to say, uh, don't go. He's not going to tell you don't go. You already know what your assignment is. He'll allow you to go. And then the enemy's going to mess with your mind and compromise. Them. Well, you pray, you pray every Saturday anyway at 12 noon. You've been praying for 12 noon for five years. What, 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 I mean, it ain't going to cost you nothing just to miss one day. Then you cease to live unto the Lord. You cease to belong to the Lord. You just told God, I don't belong to you no more. I belong to myself. I cease to live for the Lord. I have ceased to belong to the Lord. So if I am the property of God, then do the owner of the property have say-so over the property? Absolutely. We're making the owner. He bought it. You and I was bought with a price. So he's the owner. So if he assigned me to do warfare, assigned me to pray, assigned me to fast, whatever he assigned me to, I do it as unto the Lord. I don't do it for accolades. I don't do it for a pat on the back. I don't do it for, for uh, um, to satisfy my insecurities, to satisfy rejection. I do it as unto the Lord. When you and I live this kind of lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen, then it, it won't be difficult for you and I to reject the praises of men. It won't be difficult for you and I to reject anything that's going to try to lift you and I above our master who we serve, the one that bought us, the one that paid the price for us. It won't be difficult for you and I to begin to, to do that to, because I understand well, why are you telling me that I'm good. There's not only one good, and that is the Father which is in heaven. God is telling the young man, God in the flesh is telling the young man that God in the heavens is the only one that's good. And any goodness that you see in me is really not me. It's the Father that works in me because I belong to the Father. So we, will, we won't, we won't we'll get healed from insecurity. We will be healed from the spirit of rejection because we are not man conscious. We are God conscious. I'm doing everything as unto the Lord. I belong to the Lord. So I'm conscious of the Lord. I execute for the Lord. If I don't get a praise, did you were you praised? If I don't get glory, were you glorified? Because I live unto the Lord. Everything is unto the Lord, and everything is for the Lord. Well, my time is up. If there's anyone that desire prayer, because this is a time that is set aside for prayer. If you desire prayer concerning anything at this present time, you can go ahead and uh, click you know, the one button on your dial, and we'll hear what your prayer request may be. Those of you that are in chat, you can go ahead and type out uh, what your prayer request may be, and uh, we will pray for you. If those, if no one desire prayer, then I will pray a general prayer based on the things that was articulated by the Spirit of God to you today, this Saturday uh, uh, one o'clock after our afternoon. So we will pray for you, and uh, that God will bring us to the place that you and I will be conscious aware of our existence from this day forward. We will be conscious that I live for Him. There will be no manipulation. I'm not trying to do anything for myself. I'm not going to try to hide 
from my husband, from my wife, my authorities that God has given to me. I'm not hiding. I'm not manipulating. I'm not trying to scheme because uh, I live unto the Lord. That's another thing even about fear. You, you cease to live unto the Lord when you're fearful. You do not live for the Lord when you're fearful. You don't even belong to him when you're fearful. Adam, where art thou? I was afraid and I hid myself. Hiding. How can you hide from God? <clears throat> but that lets you and I know something, ladies and gentlemen. Adam ceased to live for God. How do you cease to live for God when he sinned? Sin separates us from God. When you are afraid of any relationship that God has assigned to you to, you're separated from that relationship, just like Adam was. You're separated from it, but you're trying. You want the benefits of it separate, but not collectively. Not being one. We don't want the responsibility. We don't want to be responsible. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got, we got to shake ourselves and forget about the earth relationship. I'm going to be responsible to you because of God. I got an assignment to God. You cannot be responsible and loyal to your spouse if you're not loyal to him. You're only loyal to your spouse because you're loyal to him. Your loyalty towards your spouse is the effect of the cause of your loyalty to God. You're loyal to the invisible in the manifest, manifest to the visible relationship. You hang in the visible because you're connected and loyal to the invisible. This is how this works, ladies and gentlemen. Father, we thank you today for these great men and women of God, uh, this great audience, the redeemed, uh, that has joined us on this broadcast uh, on Saturday for the increase uh, of the momentum of the manifestation demonstration of the kingdom of God. I pray right now, Lord God, that you will continue to confront all of us. Grace us, O oh God, to be conscious aware of you and view everything from our, your perspective and our relationship with you. Grace us to examine ourselves from our relationship with you, from our perspective of, of Jesus' relationship with the Father and relationship with the Holy Spirit with the Son. Grace us to see are we living that. The thoughts that think are the thoughts, Lord God, that I'm thinking, are they the thoughts of Christ? Are they the thoughts that is selfish? Am I focused on what has been said to me? Am I focused on what has been done to me? Am I focused on how important I am? Am I focused, oh God, to, on anything about me, which is the enemy? God revealed it to me, exposed to me, that I may renounce it and I may turn. I may turn from that thought. I may turn from that mindset. I will turn from that opinion to the opinion and the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Grace us, Lord God, and all of us that will be joining this radio audience, O oh God, by archives. I will come back and listen to what you have to say, you have said to us today. Oh God, I pray that we will yield to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And you will grace us, Lord God, to to renounce ourselves and grace us to be willing to be led to the cross uh, even as the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the cross, uh, that our flesh, Lord God, will be crucified, that our self will die on the cross, Lord God, that we may experience and embrace the very life of Christ and life more abundantly. Lord God, we thank and we praise for bringing to the place uh, that we trust you with all of our hearts, leaning not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledging you that you serve 
will direct our paths as men of God, as women of God, as husbands and as wives and as parents and as leaders, as businessmen and women. Our faith is in you. It's only, Lord God, when the invisible have preeminency in us, that, Lord God, the invisible in us can have preeminency over the visible that you have created. Help us to understand that it's given up the natural to embrace the spiritual, that we will have dominion over the natural. Oh, God, bring us to that place that our faith is in you, our trust is in you, our hope is in you like never before. Lord God, regardless of what it may appear to be in the natural, but knowing that the natural cannot destroy us, even as the word of the Lord has gone forth, don't fear him who can destroy your uh, soul and your body in hellfire, but destroy him, uh, fear him who can destroy your, uh, your soul and body in hellfire. Uh, but the body, oh God, is not valuable, but our soul and spirit is valuable. And let that become a reality to all of us, oh God. And as we depart from this line, but yet not from your presence, go with us and be with us. We are shield, but high time and our stronghold. And I pray, Lord God, to every man, woman, born, girl, under the sound of my voice that is listening to this broadcast today, I pray that they will be stirred and energized and go to their services on tomorrow, oh God, going because they know they've been called by God to go. And they're going to serve the Lord. And serving the Lord, they're going to serve their congregation. They're going to serve their brothers and sisters. Because, Lord God, they're serving you. And they're not looking for, oh God, accolades. They're not looking for a reward from their pastors. They're not looking for a reward from the peers, their peers in the areas of ministry. But they're looking for a reward from the Lord. And when they leave church on tomorrow, let them ask you, were you pleased, Lord Jesus? Were you glorified, Lord Jesus? Because we live to the Lord. We live to bless the Lord. We live to give glory to the Lord. We live to give honor to the Lord and not ourselves. We thank you for dethroning and dismantling every idol in our hearts. The idol of self. The idol of marriage. The idol of family. The idol of business. The idol of position and status, the idol of money, anything that has been created in this realm, oh God, that sits on the front of our heart, let it be exposed, shine your footlight on it, oh God, that we may renounce it, and we will cry out to the living God, and the living God will root up and root out, and the living God will eradicate and annihilate every idol, and no one will be left. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and we invite you, Lord Jesus, um, to rule on the throne of our hearts, um, to rule on the throne of our hearts. Um, we invite you, Lord Jesus, to be Lord, Master, and King um, on the throne of our hearts. Um, uh, we live for you, sir, um, and we will die for you, Lord Jesus. Um, our lives belongs to you. Um, our passion is directed towards you the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we thank you today, we praise you today, and we worship you, O God, for men and women. Oh, God, that has rededicated and consecrated themselves to their Lord, their master and their king. And, oh, God, let Romans 14, let that scripture become a reality. Let those verses become a reality. We don't belong to ourselves, uh, but we, live, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. So, therefore, we will live unto the Lord. If we die, uh, we have made a decision. We're going to die unto the Lord and, and not ourselves. We bless you today, and we magnify you. For the spirit of the living God, taking this word and working it in our spirits, working it in our souls, working it.
working it in our bodies, working it in us. I thank you today. And I praise and I worship you and magnify you for these great men and great women that belongs to you. They are the redeemed of the Most High God. And I pray, sir, you have begun a good work in your sons and daughters. The redeemed, you shall finish it until the day of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we submit you surrender unto you. And we thank you for the finishing grace and the finishing anointing. Oh, God, increasing exponentially in us and through us. We bless you today. We love you. We magnify you, Lord God Almighty, for articulating to your people through your servant today. And we ask that you, sir, will receive the maximum amount of glory from the master key. We bless you today. All right, radio audience, we thank God for you. Love you. Appreciate you. We continue to listen to your prayers. Don't forget to pray for me. I do value your prayers. Pray that I would be the man of God that God has called and appointed and ordered me to be. Pray that I would be a man of humility, a man of love, a man of compassion, a man of authority, a man of power, a man of wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, a man of unity, a man of peace. Pray that for me, if you will, a man that walks by faith and not by sight. I solicit your prayers, and I will definitely continue to keep you lifted up before the Lord God Almighty. I pray for you basically every day, and I pray for your success as a man of God, as a woman of God. I pray for your success as a husband, as a father. I pray for your success as a wife and a mother. I pray for your success as parents, some uh, as leaders, as a, a work uh, uh, employees and employers. May God be glorified in your life. May God take what the devil has meant for evil concerning your life and turn it around for good. I pray when it all, when the dust settles, that you and I will be all that God has ordained upon and known us to be. And the gates of hell will not, shall not, and cannot prevail against it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your due season. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your set time. This has been your host, Dr. Jimmy Kiss of the Master Key. God bless you. Let your uh, service tomorrow, let it be anointed. Pray for your service tomorrow. Pray for your pastors tomorrow. Pray for your leadership tomorrow. I personally believe that the reason we don't experience some, some uh, greater things in our church service is because we expect for the pastors, the leaders, to do all the praying. Commit today, uh, uh, the rest of the day, an hour today, five minutes. What a, make a commitment that you're going to pray for your leadership tomorrow. You're going to pray for your church service tomorrow. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's wife and the pastor's children. Pray for the leadership. The strength of everything is his leadership. Pray that God uh, will uh, give your leaders, give you leaders that love him with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength and love their neighbor as themselves. I pray that for your leaders. Pray that God will give your leaders, that your leaders will be obedient to the Lord, obedient to the Spirit of God. Pray that God will grace your leaders to be sensitive to the moving, the ways, and the sways of the Holy Spirit. Pray for your leaders. See, sometimes we don't even know what to pray for. All those things I just said, they will love, they heard, they said, Wow, yeah, I want you to pray that. Pray for them. What you want to see in your life, pray it in your leader's life. You want to be debt-free? Pray it into your leader's life. Pray that God will bless your pastors to be debt-free. Uh, pray uh, that God will bless your pastors to be givers. My wife and I, we're great givers. Charitable. Pray that God will continue to grace me to be charitable. Because if I belong to the Lord, my money belongs to the Lord. Everything I have belongs to the Lord. He can do whatever he desires to do with that. Pray it into your leader's. Pray rest to your uh, leaders. Ask God to give your leaders a spirit of rest, removing all agitation and frustration. Rest in their spirit, rest in their heart, mind, soul, body. Rest. Pray that for them. And I guarantee you they will, they will thank you uh, to the day they die for those prayers when they find men and women 
that love them enough to pray for them and to cover them in prayer. Pray that God will open up new relationships for your leader. Because we, we grow by relationship, all of us. Nobody's an island unto themselves. That God will bring your leadership into uh, relationships, provoking relationships, that will pro- provoke them to go higher. I try to surround myself with people that will provoke me, that will be better than me. And what I mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, it's not about measurement. I see Jesus. I see a dimension of Jesus that they, they are experiencing that I'm not experiencing. And it calls me to hunger for that dimension of Jesus. It calls me to thirst for that dimension of Jesus. Not what they have. Not what they have. Uh, but who they, are, uh, uh, they have encountered. Who they are experiencing. Jesus. That's what you want. Pray that for your leaders that God would bring them into healthy relationships, productive relationships that would provoke them to be better, to provoke them to go higher. That's what you want to pray for your leaders. And I know there's got to be the Holy Spirit because I'm, I'm about to close, but the Lord is, is, is challenging you to start praying for your pastors. Start praying for your leadership and watch what God begin to do for you. And I believe it's an assignment from God to you today, to you today. And remember, you don't have a perfect leader. There's only been one perfect leader on the face of the earth, and that was Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. So, 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 don't, don't, don't. If you see them mess up, pray for them. Ask God to give them the grace to repent and to turn, to turn from their messing up. And sometimes you think they're messing up; they're not messing up. To you, they're messed up. They're just obeying God and doing what they're doing and saying what they're saying. So don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in what they do. Just get caught up in praying for them that God's will will be done and performed in their life. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you and appreciate you to the highest. So therefore, until Monday, Monday evening at 6, call your family and friend to join us on Monday at 6. This has been your host, Dr. Jimmy Kinsley with the Master Key. Let the rest of your Saturday be blessed. Let it be full of the love of God, full of family, full of fellowship. And don't forget to pray once again for your leadership and your services on tomorrow. God bless you.